It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Madula, 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 Madula. Let me go ahead and pronounce that just a little bit differently. Madula. Madula. It is the part of the brain that has really one main function. It's to make sure we keep breathing and our hearts keep pumping so we don't die. It, it can work even if the, if the cerebrum and the cerebellum have checked out. It can keep you still breathing and pumping, breathing and pumping, breathing and pumping. I bring this up because often when children reach the age of 15, of course, when they cease to like to be called children, when they reach that age, going all the way up to their 18th birthday, their madola, <laughs> their madola becomes very obvious, very obvious, and you find yourself wondering if they're just breathing and barely keeping enough mental energy to sustain vital organs. That's what the medulla or the medulla does, uh, along with letting us know its shape. Oblongota. Sounds like what I order at a Mexican restaurant when I'm trying to act like I'm part of the culture. <laughs> I'll have the taco oblongata. And they look at me with a blank stare and go back and laugh about it with a cook. Let's, let's just stop for a second. The medulla oblongata keeps people alive. But from birth to five years of age, we've worked on a very simple premise. Teach these little aliens that no means no. If, if you don't teach them, they can't become human beings. And they infest our land trying to suck all the natural resources around them instead of contributing something back into the cosmos. Then from age 6 to 10, it's important to let your kids, your offspring, know that they are welcome to try almost anything they want, as long as it's legal. They can try anything they want, but they need to commit to it until they actually learn something. I, I, I believe it's good to have them sign an actual contract since they're going to be doing that for the rest of their lives. They're going to be signing on the dotted line. After all, let's be honest, that's, that's even what marriage is. It's shacking up and having papers to prove you got a sexual license. Then we find with our kids from age 10 to 14, there has to be comprehensive courses conducted on the value of the truth and how it provides the proof of our character, the truth that provides the proof of character. Our word is gold and should be rewarded. Our lies are poison and should be removed because trust 
in the as a human being, trust is a must. But when they when they reach the age of fifteen, the dullness, the complacency, the laziness, the indifference, and just the seeming lack of luster of life can make you wonder where you went wrong. You will think, didn't I teach them that no means no? Didn't I make them commit to do things until they learned? Didn't I? I recall declaring a war on lying. So why are my children so brain dead? Medulla. Stop for a moment. Just, just calm down. Stop. Think. There are 168 hours in a week. Now, about 60 of those are gone immediately through sleep. With some teenagers, it's even more than that. Another 60 hours of that 168 goes to school, transportation to events, and running in and out of the door to prove that they're active students. Now we're down to that 168 hours is a mere 48 hours. The statistics show us that of those 48 hours, most teenagers in America, most teenagers spend 45 of those hours involved in entertainment, social media, texting, and internet surfing. I don't know what you've been doing with your math here, but I, I'm left with three hours. Are we really expecting to dent, to chip away at the brick wall of teenage angst in the three hours provided? <laughs> Can I just go ahead and say, of course not? So because of this, what settles into these young people who are not terribly motivated anyway, who are letting their modulla ambligantada rule their lives. What settles in is apathy. You've seen the look. Matter of fact, if you look up apathy in the dictionary, it's got a young teenager sitting there staring at you. The greatest danger as parents of teenagers is to accept this apathy that comes along as normal. Or worse, we can say, oh, it's just a, it's a phase they're going through. Teenagers who, who do not get challenged out of their apathy become young parents who are still apathetic. Middle-aged folks who are equally uncaring and then turn into old people who only know how to bitch about their lot. Don't be so convinced that teenagers will come out of their phases like Clark Kent becoming Superman. Sometimes, let's be honest, the mild-mannered reporter is just a mild-mannered reporter. It is your job, responsibility as the parent of a teenager between the ages of 15 and 18, 
to take one hour. Did you hear? Uh, one hour, 60 minutes. And in that hour, each and every day, set up a family situation in which apathy is challenged to become sympathy. Once again, we're trying to get apathy to the position of sympathy. Take your teenager somewhere to see people who are less fortunate. Maybe they could volunteer with something like that. Watch a documentary about a struggle somewhere in the world where they don't comprehend what is going on, but they get to see it for themselves. Take them over with you when you deliver a casserole to someone who's lost a family member and let your kids see up close, personal, the suffering of another human being. So sympathy seeps into that consciousness of dullness. Every once in a while, why don't you just take him or her to a concert so they can feel the joy of life as well. Or take them to church where they can contemplate something other than their own ego. What you do is up to you. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it be secular or religious. That's up to you. It just needs to be a real bathing in human emotion that brings about the sensation of becoming sympathetic. If your teenagers do not learn sympathy, they will not be infused with the most important ingredient in becoming an adult, a human being on earth, and that is called empathy. Empathy is the ability to look across the room and when you see that someone is hurting, rather than running out of the room because they don't want you don't want your glee to be interrupted. You take a moment to feel what the hurting person feels until you know deep in your soul that you're making a connection and it's real to you. Yes, feel what others feel until it becomes real. Feel what others feel until it becomes real. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it needs to be consistent. One hour a day, just a little bit daily. Every single day you need to take the apathy, the medulla, the medulla of your teenager and change that apathy first to sympathy with a goal of someday it landing in their soul as a permanent sense of empathy with their fellow human beings. I can only, I think I can hear your wheels turning already. You're thinking about different ways you can do this. Smart person. You see, when I was a kid, my parents made me go and visit my Uncle Ford. To me, he looked older than dust. He chewed tobacco and spit in a nearby tune which completely grossed me out. He, his house smelled funny. He, he talked so slow that I almost fell asleep. But honestly, I can remember every single one of those visits in some way. And some of them registered deep in my soul. So when Uncle Ford passed on, I felt real sympathy. I felt real empathy for my family and tears came to my eyes. If the apathy of your children cannot, cannot 
if you don't turn it into sympathy for others, then the empathy required for them to understand their fellow travelers will be absent. Of course, no means no. Get that one down. Commit to something until they learn. Ah, there's a good one too. Teach them that their word is gold. So don't lie. And make their medulla, their medulla escape the apathy to touch the heart with sympathy to eventually open the door to empathy. Just, just one hour a day. Break it up in five-minute intervals, whatever you need to do. But don't let your teenage child go through any day without feeling sympathy for another human being, which eventually can grow into a living, breathing empathy. Use the media. Use the books. Use friends. Use visits to older people. Just once a day, shake them out of the dullness of merely breathing and having a beating heart to having a heart that beats for the breath of life. <laughs> you, you, you see, the, the good news is, if you can start up the heart of a teenager, you can, you can keep it beating for a lifetime. And that better news, that better news is, if you will pursue this, you're giving the world a champion instead of another victim. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com. <laughs>